You're listening to the Live Happier Longer Podcast, Episode 79. Welcome to the Live Happier Longer Podcast. This podcast is equal parts information, inspiration, education, and motivation, all dedicated to increased longevity and improving overall quality of life. I'm your host, Molly Watts, and I'm here to help you build the habits of a happier, longer life. Let's get started. Well, hello and welcome. Welcome back to the Live Happier Longer podcast, coming to you from a semi-cloudy Oregon. To be honest, this week has been sort of like going back to October, and we are in mid-June, so not sure exactly what has happened, but hoping that sunshine is on the horizon. Can't be a podcast without that small weather update. So today on the podcast, I am joined by Alice Agnello. Alice is a success and lifestyle coach, and she hosts the podcast, Kids Are Grown, Now What? (laughs) So I really wanted to talk with Alice because we share a lot of beliefs, uh, similar beliefs in terms of uh, starting your next chapter or, you know, creating that happier, longer life. And part of it is discovering at midlife kind of the what's next. And for a lot of people and a lot of women, obviously, um, once the kids are grown, there's kind of a, a question mark, right, that comes up naturally. And Alice helps women to to really dial in on what they want and what they may have not been focusing on for the last, you know, however many years. So I think you're really going to enjoy it. She has some great ideas and uh, she's just a lot of fun to talk to. So here's my conversation with Alice Agnello. Hi, Alice. Hey, Molly. How are you? Thanks so much for being with me today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here and talk. (laughs) I know. It's awesome, right? I know. I I think I actually have been looking forward to my podcast recordings during this whole COVID thing, I never realized, I mean, I've always used Zoom. I never realized I was going to be a part of like this major uh, cultural thing because I'd always recorded on Zoom and now, but I really do. I look forward to it. It's like another, just another way of talking to someone and connecting. I totally, 100% agree with you. And it's funny because sometimes I would be mad because I'm like, okay, everybody else get off Zoom. I was here <laughs> first. Yeah, right? <laughs> I used this podcasting first. I used this equipment first. Yeah. Why is everyone ordering all these things? No, yeah. but I, I also open into the space and I'm glad more people are kind of um, understanding all of it too. Yeah. So, well, it's great to have you. So today uh, I mentioned in the introduction when I was introducing you Uh, coming into the podcast, that you are a success and lifestyle coach, and you are specifically geared towards helping women kind of create their next chapter or figure out what that next chapter is going to be. And so talk to me a little bit about why this particular niche, you know, came something that you feel passionate about, what happened, and and give me a little bit of the history into making this this decision to focus on that. 
Absolutely. So it's really where I was um, about four to five years ago. And um, in talking to other women, it's a subject that's talked about, but not talked about because you'll have the gamut of women who are like, I am so ready to rock and roll this empty nest and my kids are out and it's time for me and I am going to do all these wonderful things. And then the opposite spectrum is, oh my God, I'm crying every day. My kids are gone. I have absolutely no purpose. I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. And they might also be kind of feeling like they've missed out on the best years of their life because they dedicated their heart and soul to their kids. Their purpose was their children and the house and maybe a spouse and taking care of that environment that now that that is such a change, they don't know where to go from there. And so I started feeling a little bit like that um, when my eldest was a junior in high school. And I realized I had two years left with him to shove as much information to him as possible to make sure he was a a successful adult, (laughs) right? Uh Yeah. (laughs) And then, you know, I kind of, it was this feeling of um, like a heaviness in me that something was about to change and I couldn't figure out why I was feeling the way that I was feeling. And so it was a process. It was a couple of years of just trying to figure out what did I want to do? Who was I now? And I am not anywhere near to that now because I think I don't want to ever be figured out in in my entirety. I want to keep learning and growing and understanding things. Um, and but I, the thing that I see the most that comes up is um, I don't have a purpose anymore. I don't know what my purpose is and how do I find it again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I agree with you. That whole empty nest syndrome. Uh, it's, it's very, uh, I haven't really, I haven't had, I haven't experienced it yet because my kids, I still, I had so many of them that I just, my nest is still, and, and of course with COVID, they're got a full nest again. I don't know exactly where that, uh, went awry, but regardless, I also think that it kind of marries into just getting older, um, whether or not you've had kids or not, there is a, there's a realization point at midlife where you go, huh, is this, is this what life is all about? Is this all there is to it? I've, I've done a lot, but is there more to this? And now I'm getting older and it's kind of scary. I like that whole, I don't want this to be the end of it. I need something more, but not knowing what that more is, I think is a pretty common a feeling for a lot of women. And I agree with you, not necessarily always talked about because there is a, a, that other side of the spectrum where it's like, Oh, she just has it, you know, there, she's just gung ho off doing adventures. And, and so you get to feeling a little bit like, Hmm, what's wrong with me that I don't know what's wrong, you know, that I don't know what I want. And social media has just exponentially made that come down on women with a crack on their head. You know what I mean? Like there's this perfect, perfect, perfectness that you see all the time. And it's just, it's hard to live up to that. You know what I mean? And, and, and 
the photos, because I was a photographer before for a number of years, I taught my kids always question what you see in a photograph because there's probably a filter, there could be retouching, there could be all of these things done to the photograph and they don't know where or how it's being done. And now with apps, I mean, any person is a professional photographer now to change things. And so because of this perfection that is now everyone has to live up to, it's a huge pressure for women. And then now when you're in your midlife and you're now able to look backwards and then now you're looking forwards, it's a huge pressure to try and figure out, well, what now am I supposed to be doing when I see all of these other people doing these amazing things and traveling and their clothing's perfect and their hair's perfect. So when I stumble across someone who's doing Facebook lives and they definitely don't have makeup on and their hair's a little wonky (laughs) and she's wearing this t-shirt. I mean, I saw one live when she said, excuse my pajamas, but I had to get this out. I just thought that's hilarious. And she's being genuinely, I think, herself. And that's right. what gravitated me you know, to her. And I was talking to a client the other day and I asked her, are you struggling with making decisions now because they're just solely decisions for you instead of decisions that you're making that involve your children? And she really had to stop and think about it for a little while. And she said, yeah, you're right. I'm actually making decisions that are 100% just for me now and have nothing to do with my, um, my children. And it's a weird feeling to be able to do that. And it's also a little freeing and scary you know, at the same time. Absolutely. Absolutely. The whole freeing part. I mean, I talk a lot about mindset in my, you know, in my podcast and just in what I do. Um, And it's really uh, a hard habit to break, to not think of your, you know, to put yourself, to not put yourself first. I mean, and I think as women, especially mothers, um, it's really, really hard for most of us to put ourselves and what we want and what we need uh, front and center. And not even that it's hard, like, I mean, just lose the mommy guilt part of it because that part might not be there anymore. It's hard because we're not in the habit of doing it. And it's honestly challenging to even get in touch with those thoughts of what do I really, what do I really want? So is that kind of what you help women figure out is getting in touch with themselves in terms of their own personal wants, needs, and desires, as opposed to looking at it for everybody else? Exactly. And what's, it could start with just the littlest, tiniest thing and noticing that when you go to the store to purchase a mascara, are you choosing the cheapest one because you've always done that, because you're trying to save money, because money should have been spent on the kids, or there's always something more to you know spend on? Or are you truly buying the one that you want to buy because that's the one that you want? It's mm-hmm. noticing these little tiny things that you're doing to yourself because you're used to doing it that same way. And hey, if that's your thing and you want to buy the cheapest mascara, go right ahead. I'm just trying to give that as examples. Or I had another um, guest on my podcast and she was saying, I noticed that when I was buying everyone else better shampoo then I, for me, I knew something had to change. I was spending, you know, everyone, I was getting everyone's favorites, but I never got my favorites. So right. what does that say about me and noticing what I'm, I'm doing? And it's also 
we as women, I feel sometimes will stuff down what we want for the greater good of our family and our children. Mm-hmm. And that's not always the best way to go about doing it. Because if, again, it, it goes back to if you're not 100% happy, that affects the other people that are around you. And it's unpacking all of that. It's going back and saying, what, what, what did you like to do before you had kids? And that could change. You know, what maybe you do like something better now and getting out there and trying different things and experimenting and the fear comes up 100% of the time. It always will because you're doing something new and your brain is trying to keep you safe from doing this new thing that is a threat and you have to evaluate, is this really going to kill me <laughs> or, or am I just going to be maybe a little bit embarrassed because of, I don't understand how this all works for the first time? Right, right. Yeah. The brain is an amazing, is an amazing tool and amazing uh, that whole primitive thinking and the fear factor keeps so many of us from growing, especially as we get older, because we do have a life, you know, a lot of experience behind us and those experiences can shape us and mold us. And uh, one of the things that I've studied in my realm here at Live Happier Longer and Five for Life is having a growth mindset. And I don't think that I really understood it when I was a kid or, you know, certainly when I was growing up, it was not a part of who we, of what we were taught in school. In fact, it's pretty indicative of midlife women that when we were in school, uh, you know, you were either just good at math or you weren't good at math. You know, it's not like you had the, you never really believed that you could become good at math by simply practicing and getting better at it. There was a, it definitely just you either were smart or you weren't smart. You know, there was just kind of those were were the ways that at least for me, my world was framed. And it really like the reading the understanding that we aren't locked in and that there is no, you know, you don't have to just say, okay, well, just because I've always done it this way, just because it's always been like this for me, just because I see myself as someone who isn't, uh, outgoing or isn't consistent or that that is all changeable. (laughs) It is all 100% changeable and you're not too old and you're not, you can, anything can be learned. And it's really just a matter of how willing you are, just as you said, to put yourself out there and be able to squash down that primitive brain who just wants to keep you safe and staying in your, in your old life and in your old rut means it's safety to that brain, you know? So, and, and also the, the beliefs that have come up for, you know, 40, 50 years of your life and unpacking and figuring out now, why do I think this a certain way? Um, I gave the example that like, I, for a long time, didn't think I was pretty because I had braces and glasses. I got them in the third grade. I had them for extensively a long time because the boys teased me so much. My belief was 
I was only pretty if I didn't have my con, if I had my contacts on and my, you know, everything had to be like, you know, perfect. And it took me a long time to figure out why did I feel and believe that and to unpack it and realize probably in, in college, I think because, you know, college gets so busy and you're up late and that thing is, is that it doesn't matter. I can go to class and have my hair in a bun and no makeup on and my glasses. And guess what? No one cares. <laughs> no yeah. one cares about how that is and how it could be just one comment a friend made to you once and all of a sudden now you think that you're not good at math but maybe you really are if you just put some effort into it. or maybe you um a lot of times people will say that, oh, you need to lose weight or because of this and, and you'll be happier because then you will be that way. So, but it all depends on where that belief came from and trying to unpack how has that affected you and your life from when that happened until now. And wanting, to, if you want to still believe in that as well. Yeah. I love, I, I'm a huge proponent of the thinking new thoughts and, and, you know, they call those limiting beliefs, right? And one of the things that a quote that I heard and learned over the last couple of years that I really took to heart and understand now is that a belief is just a thought that we've thought over time, that we've practiced many times, right? And one of the greatest things about having this beautiful human brain of ours is our ability to just like you said to unpack and to be able to step back and look at our thoughts and really decide is that a thought that actually helps me it is do i even need to keep on thinking that thought is there any reason that it's still serving me today and for a lot of us a lot of us in midlife and a lot of us moms there's some pretty old stuff rattling around in there that has been, you know, that we've just practiced believing. We've, it's a belief because we've just practiced thinking it for so long and we can change it simply by thinking something else. It's all optional. We don't have to, you know, just because our brain says it does not make it true. It, it, you know, and I love that about being about, you know, it's, it's uniquely human, the ability to be able to step outside of yourself and actually look at your thoughts that's uniquely human. And it's so empowering to me, at least. And so I'm sure that in your work with, with women of midlife, just being able to really, and I feel kind of silly, like it, it, it took me and I mean, it kind of took me until, uh, you know, not too long ago to really to understand that concept, that my thoughts I'm a big know-it-all. I, I, you know, I, I joke about it with my kids that I'm like, you know, I like being right. And so I, again, my brain, I think I just assume, I just, I don't know. I never really took the time to examine some of the thoughts that I had as being untrue because I just thought, okay, well, you know, they just must be true. Right. Right. It's just, that's just the way it is. That's how yeah, it's right. been for so right. long. Like, right? That's so. the way it is. And so, um, I love that. And I'm sure that the, the women that you work with, that has to be, I don't know, do the light bulbs go off for a lot of your, for you? I mean, for me, like I said, I feel kind of foolish. Like, how did I not get that before? Like, I, it's, the example I always give is I always say, um, I hate math. So if you say, I hate math, that's a really big statement. And I had to unpack that because I always felt like I wasn't good at math. What I realized sorry, is- I didn't, I didn't bring that up as no, a, like, as no, a no, shell no, shock a, for you. <laughs> no, it's a good example because <laughs> it's one I use when I help other 
women trying to figure out when you make this blanket statement, you just put yourself in this box. And as soon as you say it to other people, I didn't realize it until I started telling like my boss, I hate math or I hate math. And then he would joke about it. I know you hate math. And then I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I meant. Because what I meant was, is that I can't, it's easily for my husband, when you give him numbers, he can easily multiply, divide, subtract, just instantaneous in his head. And I joke around and say, that's why I married him because he can do that. But I love numbers. Give me data to figure out and um, dig into and give me some spreadsheets and I'm in heaven because I love to solve mysteries and puzzles and figure out why something is not coming out right. And I realized that by me saying that I hate math, I am limiting what I can do as a person and as a skill when I go out and tell other people that I hate math. And so women will get these blanket statements and I hate English, I hate writing, or I hate this. And, I, and then I'm like, okay, well, are, do you hate the whole entire thing or just one little tiny part of that? Because you do, there is probably a strength in there somewhere. You might avoid it. You might not like it. And I always also tell people that your weaknesses, because this is always makes me, cracks me up. When you go into a job interview, one of the ones they always ask you is, what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? So then you always have to figure out how to spin a weakness as a strength, right? Oh, well, I am very organized and that's why, you know, it's, it's bad for me. I'm like, how is that <laughs> like a bad thing? So I always want to encourage women to look at what your strengths are and develop your strengths even more because those are the ones that you like actually enjoy doing. And I'm, I'm never going to get really good at one of my weaknesses. I can get better at it because I can take classes or invest the time and understand how to work that way. But it doesn't mean I'm going to absolutely love it. I got really good at talking to other people because in college I was in a sorority and that made me talk to people and I got better at it. But if I'm in a party, oh, I love just talking to one person over in the corner. <laughs> I'm really good at doing that. But because I taught myself how to do and work a room, I can, but it's not something that I love to do. And I always try and tell women that like you need to figure out what lights you up and that will help you towards figuring out what your purpose is. And there's not a finish line. There's not a, it's not a race to try and figure out what that is within like a week. It's just, I think that it's impossible. <laughs> no, and I think that that's part of the, our culture is just this immediate gratification syndrome that we've, you know, kind of, again, society really supports the, the notion that this things happen overnight and it's just not true. That's been another part of really growth for me is understanding that I say live happier longer. It, the whole idea is that you are, it's a journey, right? And you're continually growing and changing and being able to frame your life in that way and understand that every failure that comes along and every challenge that you have to overcome isn't a sign that something has gone terribly wrong here and you shouldn't be doing this. It's more so that it's just a learning, it's something that's a learning tool and it's something that you can learn from. And that's one of the beliefs that I have for, for women as we age is that we are often, we want to teach our children all about resilience and kind of that grit, right? But quite honestly, we haven't, we haven't done a lot in their lives to foster that just because that's the way that we, we parented. 
what better time than to prove to them? And that's one of the things that I know that has been really great for me is being a role model for my boys and having them watch me do things to start a podcast, to start a passion project company, to go out. I went out and had a second full second career after raising my boys and it taught them something about me. And I love the, the, the way that we can help. I think women too, is just, you know, you have an opportunity to show, to show your, your children and the world that there is so much more to, to, to you and to look forward to. And whether you're older or not, doesn't matter. It's really all in your head. Yeah, absolutely. And I always, um, my youngest son is still struggling, trying to figure out like what he wants to do, like what is his thing, you know, and I keep telling him, okay, first of all, you're 20. So don't feel like you have to figure it all out within like the next six months. And I try, and as you said, use myself as an example, like I'm still trying to figure it out. I'll tell him all the different careers that I've had and all the, I, and I tell them in this too, all the careers you've had, or even if you just were a stay-at-home mom the whole entire time, you have learned valuable skills throughout that whole entire time. And we just have to figure out what is something that you love doing and then trying to find that job, if that's what you want to do, and go out and figure it out or create it you know, for yourself. And I love that example of being the role model. I had one client who said, I want to be so busy that my kids have problems getting a hold of me <laughs> rather than me trying to get a hold of them. And I said, mm-hmm. okay, let's figure out how we can, you know, make that goal for you. And eventually, you know, she got there where she was, you know, maybe a quick text, you know, to her kids or I'm doing this this week or I'm doing this and the, and the, you know, and she's like, I now I'm, I'm that, that person and I'm much happier, you know, for it. She's still trying to figure out what's the thing that is going to really make it break it for her but she got to the point where she created a new life for herself and she's happier Mm -hmm. for it yeah i mean it doesn't have to be about uh you know reinventing your whole life a lot of people you know your life is is good but there does i think come at midlife sometimes people get a certain kind of resignation like they're resigned to like this like in a certain area maybe an area that they have struggled with throughout their life, that this is just as going to be as good as it gets. And I think that it's really key. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is that I have become very passionate about the idea of coaching for people, because we think that, that it has to be, you know, there has to be a real problem, you know, (laughs) like there has to be this critical happening that is really making us need something or need that need help. And I would say, it's in my opinion, it's like the exact opposite. It's like, you know, no, especially if your life is going pretty okay, but you're just haven't, you, you haven't challenged yourself to take that next step, get working with a coach because really, truly one of the things that I think helps people as they age or anything else is just that ability for self-improvement is again, something that is uniquely human. We have the ability to plan out a future and to have goals and if you want to get the most out of your life, that's what happens. You know, that's, you have to engage with that part of being human and in no other way than uh, in my experience, has it been more helpful than to work with a coach like you? 
my one thing that I always tell people is I'm just going to listen and then I'm going to, if you want my opinion, I am hundred percent will tell you my opinions because yeah. I want to them to learn and grow, but it's, it's giving them the time to actually think we don't give ourselves enough time to actually sit and think with the help of somebody else in the sense that you'll think, but you'll keep thinking the same way on that, um, that hamster wheel. You'll just keep going and going the same thought, same thought, same thought. And then I challenge you to think of a little bit in a different way. And I want you to think, how can you look at a situation a little bit differently? What is bothering you about this situation? Why are you feeling this way? Because you're thinking a certain way. And I just, I love listening and challenging women to think in a different way because I truly believe that this generation of women, like our gen, I'm a Gen X, so I just feel like we are poised to take over the world in a whole new way. And if I can just get one woman to get out of her own way <laughs> and be <laughs> successful, <laughs> I've done my job. And then be able to help other women and have like a domino effect. I mean, that's my big goal, life purpose is to just have women get out of their own way and see how amazing they are from a different perspective. Because we're always too close to ourselves that we can't see all the wonderful things that makes us ourselves. Awesome. So Alice, tell me how uh, my listeners can find you, connect with you, and sign up if they want to, to work with you. So you can always find me at aliceagnello.com. That's A-L-I-C-E-A-G-N-E-L-L-O.com. I'm on Facebook. I do have a Facebook group that I absolutely love. Kids are grown now what community. And I have a podcast of that same name as well. And we just have a lot of fun in that group. <laughs> yeah. Kids are grown now what? I love that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, I certainly appreciate you coming on the show and talking to me today about this, exactly that. Now let's help women figure out now what, get, get, and I love what you said, get out of their own way, get out, that's, uh, you know, the kids are out of the way, now let's get you out of the way. Exactly. (laughs) Thank you so much, Molly, for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation. Absolutely. Everybody go find Alice, aliceagnello.com and the Kids Are Grown, Now What podcast. Perfect. Thanks. Thanks, Alice. Thanks for listening to the Live Happier Longer podcast. If this podcast is helping you and you'd like to go a little deeper, maybe track your progress on your habit building, you should check out our Five for Life planner. The planner is 13 weeks, undated, and you can start literally at any time to create the habits of a happier, longer life. It'll keep you motivated and it'll keep you accountable. And hey, it's affordable. So go to shop.fiveforlife.co. That's shop.fiveforlife.co and enter promo code podcast for a special discount.